Welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, the show designed to help make middle age your prime time of life by defying the notion that once you reach 40, 50, or even 60 years old, your crowning achievements are all behind you. Regardless of whether you're just approaching 40 or are firmly entrenched in your middle years, it's time to launch your very own personal journey toward a joyful and purpose-filled second half of life. Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy. Well, we continue our springtime theme of personal renewal. And let me ask you a question. Presently, how did you wake up in the morning? Uh, on a typical work day, are you ready to jump out of bed enthusiastic, emotionally fit, and ready to challenge the day ahead? In contrast, do you long to stay under the covers, hesitant to get out of bed, fearful of what may transpire over the next 18 hours, anticipating aggravation on the job or at home? And maybe a third alternative, you're neither enthusiastic nor fearful, simply bored out of your mind with the prospect of the same old, same old at work and later on in the evening at home. And what if someone told you that there was one little thing you could do every morning before you get out of bed that will ensure more joy, confidence, and productivity throughout the entire day, regardless of workplace assignments or challenges? Better yet, it will only take two or three minutes of your time each day and has proven to help folks like you and me to dramatically improve their outlook of being alive. And uh, no, it's not meditation, visualization, or goal setting. Subjects our guests frequently encourage on this program. But my next guest, speaker, coach, and emotional fitness trainer, Kathleen Lamberton, is here to introduce you to that first thing in the morning, one little thing, as she calls it. And she's also here with suggestions on how to unlock your wow. And if you can, imagine for a moment your life fully realized your potential limitless and your mind routinely joyful and at ease. And it is possible, you know, as Kathleen puts it, you are your best champion and she's here to help you discover simple insights to take back your power and be your very best. And here's Kathleen Lamberton's bio. She's a nationally recognized inspirational speaker and an emotional wellness coach whose life mission came into sharp focus in March 2010 following the death by suicide of her 19-year-old son, Logan. And prior to Logan's death, she was a lifelong public servant with a diverse prior background in government and entrepreneurship. For eight years, she was an elected representative in the Vermont legislature and for seven years served along Vermont Governor Jim Douglas and his administration, and prior to that, she owned and operated several successful small businesses. And hello, Kathleen Lamberton. You certainly are an effective role model for those of us seeking to overcome grief or to transform and recharge our lives at midstream. Thank you so much, Roy. What a great introduction. I almost wondered who that was. <laughs> Just look in the mirror. <laughs> well, well, I'm so begin, happy to be the, here. The, the suspense is killing us. What can we do for two or three minutes every morning before we get out of bed to dramatically improve our lives? 
as soon as you open your eyes, grab a piece of paper and a pen and write down 10 things you're grateful for. It takes two minutes, and uh, it will change your world. Well, please explain why this relatively simple exercise is so powerful. What makes a daily expression of gratitude and writing down your blessings so effective in brightening up the day to come? You think about when you start your day, uh, the first thing most people do is hit the snooze alarm or they um, <laughs> <laughs> they either hit the snooze alarm or the, the minds instantly start to go, oh my gosh, i got to go to work or I have to get the kids out of bed. They, yeah. they come up with this long list of challenges yeah. and that starts your day. You live your day the way you start your day. And yeah, if you, you started, started your uh, day... You started hesitant and in a, a rush and you end your day that way it seems like and you live your day that way you're yeah. you become road rage you get snappy with your co-workers i've had several people who've done this challenge including myself huh? um who if you start just writing out i am grateful for i have hot water i'm grateful i have a bed to sleep in i am grateful you can come up with a long litany of very very easy things to think of um to be grateful for and yet, so and many as of them you are get out of bed, we just we just take for granted and don't right. let thank aren't thankful for like that water right. you mentioned. And right. yet, there are people I'm in other countries that need to boil all their water or don't have adequate this or that, and uh, we have so many yeah. blessings other people don't. Yeah, I uh, I hiked the long trail last year and spent the night overnight, and I'm not. Um, Let's just say I am not a fan of bugs and snakes. So it was <laughs> definitely out of my comfort zone. <laughs> and um, I, by the time I got home, the first thing on my gratitude list was, I'm grateful I don't have to walk around every day with everything I own on my back. I'm grateful I have a hot shower. Yeah. Uh, I'm grateful that I have a washing machine. So there are things that we become really used to that we forget to be grateful for. And as you start to be grateful... You start to have your your system starts to calm down, and when someone cuts you off on in the in the on the road, you could think, well, maybe they have some, they have to rush to the hospital, or maybe they just found out their son took their lives. You know, you just, just don't broke. know what people are going through on a regular yeah. basis, and and you just have a different attitude, a different outlook, and um, even with challenges, you become grateful for what they teach you. Yeah, that's so. Somebody, a prior guest said that he likes to think I get to, and whatever the challenge exactly. may be, whether it's good or bad. <laughs> I was listening to him, and he actually is right. That's actually you change your language. Language is very, very important, and that's what yeah. I coach. Coach, um, you'll be able to see that on my website. Yeah. Um, and that's part of my coaching is as you say, oh, I have to, or I get to. Yeah. You don't have to do anything. There's, no. there's nothing that you absolutely have to do other than live or die, yeah. and you will eventually die. <laughs> you will <laughs> die. But um, the you get to. You get to get up and go to work in the morning. Yeah. You get yeah. to do whatever you choose to do because it's a choice, and yeah. that's what I teach about. It's, well, it's how to shift your, uh, your perspective. Based upon your personal experience and that of your clients, how many days do we need to perform this gratitude exercise before it uh, completely shifts our perspective and feelings? You mentioned a time limit or a time 
period that uh, you should do it for? I like to just uh, give my clients the 10 days. So it's a 10 by oh. 10 challenge is what I call it. It's oh. uh, If you do 10 things for 10 days before you even get up to go to the bathroom in the morning, <laughs> you start to shift your attitude within just a few days. You start oh. to realize that you have so many great things to be grateful for. I, had a I think client I could that, sacrifice 10 days, two or three minutes a day to change the rest of my life. I think that would be a pretty good exchange. <laughs> I actually I actually uh, challenged um, another host to a podcast. It was quite a ways out, so they had time to actually do it for 10 days prior to getting on the, on the, on the podcast. And I did that knowing that it would change their perspective. And they became my actual... Uh, testimonials because oh. they were amazed on how how different they felt as they were getting out of bed in the morning. Well, you mentioned it's positively transformed individuals from all walks of life. Can mm. you cite one or two examples of people that uh, that exercise helped? Yeah, I have a um, client that I worked with that was that served in the military and overseas, and he was deployed at least twice, I think it may have been three times, also was a uh, first responder, worked in law enforcement, and is now retired. His brother also took his life when he was 16 years old. And so he has had a tremendous amount of trauma in his life, and I actually encouraged him to start his day off just, just taking this one step. And after I encouraged him to do that, he just called me about a week ago and thanked me, actually two weeks ago now, and thanked me for what I had helped him work through because ultimately he went through PTSD treatment and now he has a different life. Well, that's great. He can be very grateful for where he is. So it's a start of of shifting your perspective. Well, if we may, I'd like to move on to other aspects of, as you call it, unlocking your wow. Let's begin (laughs) with your own personal story. Uh, you know, get the sad part out and, uh, first. Yeah. On your website, KathleenL.com, you describe how your son Logan's suicide cracked me wide open, as you put it. What crossroads did you face and what choice did you make? I think this is so moving when uh, you read it on your yeah. website. Well, so many people think that I had a life of leisure. I was, as you mentioned earlier, I was an le- elected official. I worked for the governor I actually ran the largest commercial contractor association that was in the state of Vermont uh, for nine years. And plus, I was a business owner. And most people thought that I had the world together until I didn't when Logan took his life at 19. He died when he was mad at me. Uh, So it created another level of challenges for me. And about three to four months after his, his death, I truly thought I wanted to die as well. I could understand where he was sitting in his life. Um, And I just, I was laying on his grave just wishing for whomever took him to take me too because I felt so alone and so isolated and so just uh, distraught. And it was at that moment that I received a sign from above that just, I I heard the words, You've got the voice, you've got the connections, do something with this. And so it was at that moment that I decided that 
I couldn't die with my son. I wanted to honor him, and I wanted to help other people shift their life from trauma to triumph. And That's wonderful. Throughout my healing process, I have helped several people, and I invested my time in um, trying to educate people about signs of depression and suicide and sadness and more than 80% of the society lives in sadness. Every 12 minutes, there's a suicide oh. in, the, in, in the United States. Yeah. And if I can prevent even one of them, make it every one every 24 minutes, which my goal would not be that minimal. <laughs> I, yeah, would, I just saw um, something last night that said there are more... Uh, deaths from guns by suicide than there are from murders or other people shooting a person. Right. My goal is not to restrict. My goal is to educate. My goal is to help people give them tools and resources up front before they even get to that point. We have the ability to shift our perspective. That's why the gratitude list is so important. Well, can you please get, expand on your definition of the term discover my wow? What does that mean exactly? <laughs> discover your wow. Why are you here? You know, so many people, and I think this is the perfect audience, is so many people in our daily lives just li- just exist. Yeah, we so. go to a job that we don't care for, but we just want to, because it's known, we just we just continue to go there. We stay in unhappy relationships because we're we're fearful for hurting someone else. We um, raise our children, and then at middle age, especially women, middle age, they're thinking, okay, now what do I do? I've been a wife, I've been a mother, and I've, and I've got a career that I really don't like. What about me now? And so discovering your wow is really investing in why, what is your purpose? Why are you here? Shifting your thought process. My coaching, um, which I am giving a deal that um, anybody who types in the subject line that goes to my website at KathleenL.com uh, will get 20% off if they put on in the in the subject line um, best life. Oh, um, that's so, wonderful. Yeah. So my coaching is really a little... I, I learned from Jack Canfield. He's, an, he's a mentor of mine. He wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul and Success Principles and I'm a certified trainer in Canfield Methodology, and it really helps you remove the limited beliefs, your blocks, your your um, the the cords that we we hold on to, our traumas that we've had from childhood. You remove those, you you eliminate that, and you find your purpose, and you go for it. You step into your fear, and you move move forward. It's amazing. But uh, you mentioned, of course, you went through a personal tragedy and uh, a number of other people have gone through trauma, but uh, you don't really have to wait until you have a trauma. If you're, like you said before, simply bored and uh, wonder what's next in my life or dissatisfied with your Mm -hmm. life today, you can still, I assume, uh, undertake this intuitive uh, coaching exercise with you to to improve your life. You don't have to wait for a tragedy, in other words. Right. We re-victimize ourselves. And what I mean by re-victimize ourselves is we have learned behaviors from our childhood. That doesn't mean they're wrong or right. That just means most of the times it's not not what we want. But we follow it because we know it. 
And trauma is is defined not as limit, not limiting, but trauma is defined on what affects you in a negative way. Yeah. My trauma is different than someone else's trauma. If someone goes through a divorce. Yeah. Someone's dealing with a sick parent that they have to care for. Someone loses um, someone a job is, could be a trauma. I mean, there's all kinds exactly. of traumas out there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So when people think of trauma, they think of really disastrous, awful things like sudden death, um, yeah. which I send you my condolences for your daughter as well. Well, on your mm-hmm. website, you offer services as an intuitive coach. What is intuitive coaching, and what is it designed to help us accomplish, and how does it work? So intuitive coaching is, right, I do energy healing as well. I am an energy healer, and I'm a certified what's called RIM healer, which is regenerating images in, uh, in memory. And those energy healing modalities are natural modalities where the client participates, and then I also um, uh, do healing. That's the removing of the the limiting beliefs. That's the removing of learned behaviors. And once you release the attachment to those learned behaviors, you can shift your perspective completely. And so we often don't take steps because we're scared. And so I, I intuitively guide people based on what I receive and what they're able to, I'm able to pull out of them through the healing process. Um, I'm able to guide them based on what they, what their purpose is. I'm not, I'm not telling them what to do. I'm able to guide them. So they're, they're the ones that are making the choices. I'm just helping them move through that. Yeah, I love the way you, say you empower people to uh, tap into the divine energy to uncover the mm-hmm. deepest aspects of who you are. Your intuition, in other words, or your higher self. I love that uh, description right. of intuitive coaching. But we all have intuition. We all have um, the ability to empower ourselves, and most of us ignore that intuition and continue to just move forward on their day-to-day mundane, um, sad lives. Yeah, all too many of us do that. Well, uh, in addition to the twenty percent discount you talked about, you have a great free offer. On your website, you offer visitors a complimentary 30-minute intuitive coaching discovery session, as you call it. Where should our listeners go to sign up for this, uh, to schedule this session, I guess, to your website, or how do they do that? Yeah, there's a few different places where they can reach me. Primarily, the best place to go is my website. It's KathleenL.com, and Kathleen is with a C, so C-A-T-H-L-E-E-N-L.com. It's an easy um website to remember and if you go to the website you can sign up for anything there you can also follow me on any social media outlet i'm on facebook instagram linkedin uh, twitter most most social media i'm oh that's great well tell us a bit about your inspirational speaking i understand you speak both to groups as individuals and in professional and workplace settings, what's your primary purpose in each of these uh, settings? What do you basically? Well, it varies about? between. I've I've addressed um, construction companies on oh. emotional safety on the job site, or oh. all the way to individuals on their own emotional fitness, I and do. how important emotional fitness 
fits in everything that you do, whether it's in a corporate environment or in a um, nonprofit or in in a um, victim's domestic violence shelter. Your emotional safety, your emotional fitness is the key to your success. Yeah, that's so true. I also know you. I note on your website uh, and workplaces you uh, talk about creating a healthy and productive work environment for team success, and that sounds like a great mm-hmm. thing that uh, uh, some company for all their employees might want to retain you. How does someone uh, get in touch with you to uh, arrange having you uh, come give a speech? Go ahead and go right to my website at KathleenL.com, and you can just click on one little button there that says contact me today, and um, you, I will get right back to you or someone from my team will get back to you, and um, I'd be happy to work with you. In addition like to all this, just this is a little preempt, uh, I have a book coming out in oh. September or in, in fall. It's oh. called Shattered Together. It talks about, it's a memoir that, that uh, speaks of my healing process and, and what, what helps me today and continues to, what helps me to get through it and continues, continues to today. Well, that's great. We'll have to have you back to talk about that when, when it comes mm-hmm. out. But, uh, I'd mm-hmm. also like to alert our listeners that you offer a number of uh, inspirational and highly informative blogs on your website. I like the one on losing my son and finding inspiration for life. That was January 3rd, 2018. And recently, February 9th, 2019, five ways your body is talking with you and how to listen. Mm. I thought that was very informative also. Yeah. So yeah. there's a wealth of information there. Well, when your physical body hurts, it's not always connected to a physical injury. It's usually connected to an emotional something emotional that you're burying. Yeah, you tell so, people what it means if their upper back sore, their lower back, mm-hmm. their knee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My yeah. wife has a problem with her knees. Maybe it's not physical. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You never know. It could There could be something stored there from something well, that she doesn't conclu- even realize she's storing there. Maybe it's not. And in conclusion, all of us can't help but be inspired by the way Kathleen Lamberton bounced back from a terrible tragedy the death by suicide of her 19-year-old son, Logan, and she rededicated and reinvented her life at midstream from trauma to triumph. And as a blessing, her stated purpose in life now is to help others like you and me redesign and create our own lives filled with joy, love, and abundance. And Kathleen reminds us that inside each one of us is a champion You can conquer your personal pressures and emerge victorious and empowered. You can redesign your life to heal from trauma and grief or simply to overcome frustration and lack of forward movement. And you can build for yourself a life of personal fulfillment and service to yourself and to others. And if you're not serving others, you really aren't renewing your life because that goes along with the being personally fulfilled, you really have to uh, do something for other people as well. And you can walk a path of divine light, joy, and harmony. And similar to Kathleen Lamberton, my wife, Lori, and I suffered through a personal tragedy when our adult daughter, Kristen, was killed on the final day of 2006 when a small plane she was piloting nosedived after picking up a banner she was scheduled to fly over the San Diego Chargers football game, and that tragedy in no way prevents us 
from expressing gratitude each day for each other, our nice home, our freedom in America, our wonderful son Jeffrey and his loving wife Amber, and expressing gratitude each and every morning before getting out of bed is an excellent way to launch your job or your day in a positive direction. And if your life today is anything less than joyful, enlightened, and loving of self and others, I highly recommend you visit Kathy's website and schedule your complimentary 30-minute coaching discovery session. And once again, that address is KathleenL.com. And uh, thanks a million, Kathleen Lamberton, for stopping by. And please continue to spread your uplifting message far and wide. Thank you so much, Roy. I really appreciate this, and I've enjoyed this. Well, and our next segment is for those of you who would like to supplement present income, maybe even quit your job eventually or soon to make money investing in real estate. And I don't know about you, but my wife, Gloria, loves to watch those home improvement shows on TV. A couple buys an outdated or run-down house, sometimes an outright dump, then seemingly by magic through labor of love, and help from a few highly skilled contractors turns them into a show place and sells them for a big profit. And how about you? Have you purchased a book, watched a TV infomercial, or attended a seminar that promises you will get rich from house flipping, buying a house not to live in, but rather to sell in the near term at a big profit? Well, it looks and sounds great, doesn't it? low risk, high reward, does it it work that well in real life? Well, to answer this question, I've invited as my next guest, real estate expert Dan Lieberman, and as president of Milestone Properties, Dan has spent the past three decades acquiring, renovating, and managing rental properties in the San Francisco East Bay area. He's a turnaround expert, helping rental property owners increase their rental income while improving operations and reducing costs. And he's an accomplished keynote speaker and seminar leader. He presents uh, regularly at industry conferences and other venues, as a host of his own weekly podcast, Strategic Landlording, and author of the acclaimed book, The Effective Landlord, How Owners and Property Managers Can Attract Better Tenants, Raise Rents, and boost their bottom line in any market. And hello, Dan Lieberman. Welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. Well, thanks for having me. Well, let's begin with the basics. A few folks, including me, may not fully understand what the term house flipping means. Can you please give us a quick explanation of what this is? Well, sure. I mean, basically, house flipping is buying a property, uh, that has the opportunity to add some value to it, um, renovating it, making it more attractive, and then selling it quickly. Usually if you buy and sell the house within a year, it's considered flipping. Oh, I see. I was wondering what the time limit of that definition is. Well, in your promotion, you tell us that home improvement and house flipping shows on TV are misleading because they don't tell you all the facts. What are some of the crucial considerations that they leave out? Well, they usually show you, you know, what it costs to buy, yeah. what it costs to fix, and how much money they made selling. Yeah. But the biggest part of this that um, most people experience is the cost of financing, you know, getting the loan, paying for the loan, um, you know, the interest in carrying costs. 
Uh, also, there are sales costs. So even if you sold the home for three hundred thousand dollars, you know you might have fifteen thousand dollars of costs. Yeah. And when you when you put all these things together, um, not counting the other things we'll talk about, you know what looks like a fifty thousand dollar profit on TV might be more like a fifteen thousand dollar profit when you're done. Yeah. What about all the unbilled time and energy you put in? And also, as you point out, the uh, these contractors on these TV shows are probably uh, getting free promotion, and they're probably giving a special deal or maybe not even charging at all, whereas you and I would have to pay a lot more. Exactly. I mean, most, you know, in a competitive market, you know, most contractors are bidding, uh, you know, decent yeah. prices, but these guys all get deals. So. Yeah, well, bottom line, what if would you advise listeners who wonder if house flipping is a, a good option to invest? Should they avoid it at all together, or are there under certain conditions, does it provide a nice return on investment? And what special skills and experience and mindset are required to turn a consistent, healthy profit from house flipping? Well, you know, I I was a house flipper myself for oh. a number of years before I got into doing the. Uh, the rental real estate, but yeah. um, so you, you can make money doing it. Uh, but part of it is, you know, real estate is a cyclical business, yeah. and we've been in an up cycle for a number of years. And at this point in the cycle, there's a lot more risk than there is reward potential. Right. So, I mean, I think you frankly could do better going to Vegas and putting all your money on 23 red and you know than than doing house flipping right now. Yeah. Well, in your promotion you advise that long-term purchase of rental properties is a better investment than buy and flip properties. Can you please tell us why? I guess one of the is that point you just made that now is maybe not a good time for. Yeah. Well, so I got into rental property um mostly because of the the feast and famine aspect of house flipping. So, yeah. you know, there's a time when you make good money, and then, frankly, there becomes a number of years where uh, by the time you buy the house and put the money into it to fix it up, you're not making any money, uh, at, you know, at the time of sale. So you're taking a lot of risk for little to no reward. Yeah. Um, so I, I basically moved over and started applying the same skills into small rental properties nice. whereby you know upgrading the kitchen making the unit more attractive you could rent rent out the property and and get a higher rent um and the nice thing about that is whether the market goes up or down uh you don't have to sell the property because you're not sitting yeah. on a a bleeding piece of real estate yeah, and even if um, hard times your rents are locked in, in most cases through leases and stuff, so that uh, that would be a good benefit as well, I would think. Right, and even if they go down a little, the you know your 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 paper wealth may fall, but the the rents usually don't fall down that much. Maybe ten percent, not a huge yeah. amount. Well, uh, let's talk about a few tips on how listeners can get the most bang for their buck, as you put it by buying and improving rental properties. Say a listener wants to start small with a fairly modest investment but uh, ultimately create large holdings. Where should they begin? What type of property should they buy first? And how do you suggest they scout out the first property to buy? 
Sure. Well, I think everything in rentals is magnified. So I would start with a smaller property, maybe a you know four-unit building or even a duplex. Uh, you know, but usually you know four under ten. Um, yeah. Uh, what you still you know, what you have to look at that's different from doing the houses like on the home improvement shows yeah. is in, is you want to focus a little more on durability. Um, but you're still focusing on making the kitchens nice and the bathrooms nice and the flooring. Um, but you have to look at things like, you know, putting in toilets that don't clog easily or <laughs> countertops that will, you know, hold up to wear and tear. Um, and the other thing is, uh, you know, as as the unit gets larger, as the buildings get larger, you want to focus on common area uh, amenities versus the in-the-unit amenities. Yeah, I like how you point out that uh, you renovate and update certain items that people see when they're visiting the, the facility or maybe to review it for the first time, and uh, you concentrate on those things first, and maybe you don't have to renovate everything at the same time. Yeah, and the other thing that uh, people don't think about usually is they're still focused on the, the physical product, yeah. Um, but but when you're doing rental property, it, it, you can think of more the hotel analogy, where there's a whole bundle of services around it. So, oh, yeah. you know, how, you know what you do can also add value. You know? I love in your book how you talk about focusing on the experience, so that uh, when people just like the hotel, you mentioned that people get a, a premier overall experience when they're or through word of mouth, that's conveyed to others, and uh, that way they, it's not just the property itself. It's the whole experience. That, uh, exactly. I mean, the thing with rental property with it, that, you know, loan, properties are valued on, on their, their, their income. Um, yeah. And so small increases in income can actually do a fairly large increase in value in the property. Yeah. And, and what we found is... Uh, yeah, creating, you know, you you go back to like, I call it the Starbucks experience. You know, why when people <laughs> go to a Starbucks, you know, there there's a line and yet the coffee shop next door, which sells just as good coffee, might have two or three people in it. That's so true. And and it's the whole, you know, experience that surrounds the product. And that's yeah. what we try to do. We look at what we call the theater of property management. Oh, you know, you know, ha, you know, what's the experience going through? Um, we offer things like customizing options, which people can't get in other places. Oh, yeah. um, you know, little things that, that really just make it special. And, you know, when you're sitting there thinking, do I rent here or do I rent somewhere else? And even if here costs a little more, if there are things like, the ability to, you know, paint specific colors or the ability to add certain items and the other one doesn't have it, you know, you may be willing to pay a little more for these custom items. Yeah, but it makes a person feel uh, special living there. It kind of increases their own self-prestige, and I mean, it may sound silly, but I think that probably influences a lot of people. But, yeah, it's true, and, and also the more someone, you know, customizes their home even if it's not yeah. a big changes the longer they tend to stay because yeah, it's that's, that's their home not just a generic apartment they're renting well here's a set of chronic problems for stressed landlords how do you first screen out potential bad tenants 
and maybe even more important, how do you get rid of problem residents? There seem to be so many restrictions on evicting people these days. Uh, certainly. Well, I think on the screening side, um, uh, the first thing is you have to take screening seriously. You know, it's... Uh, I can't tell you the number of properties we've taken over where, where you know the landlord has basically moved people in, you know, because they uh, they had a nice thirty minute conversation and, and and maybe ran a credit check and that was it. Yeah. But you, you know, you want to run a full background check on someone. Nice. You want to be looking for reasons not to uh, let them in. And frankly, yeah. these days there's um, you know, people with the internet can make like fake. Uh, pay stubs and fake, um, you know, other things. So you want to really play Columbo and kind of go in the back door and say, if they say, you know, here's my here's my uh, employer and here's his phone number, you want to look online and see if that phone number is the company phone number and maybe call the main number and ask for their supposed supervisor who <laughs> might not be their best friend. Yo, it's, uh, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, I'm certain very few of our listeners will want to take on full responsibility for building maintenance and utilities, monthly collection of rent, fielding tenant complaints, all that good stuff. They'll need to hire a reliable property management service. And how do you screen out unreliable ones and select the best property management service for you? Any suggestions there on that? Well, you certainly, the way you probably similar to the way you'd find, you know, a good accountant or a good lawyer is you start by, you know, asking people you know and, and, and you know, and checking references. Yeah. Um, ultimately, you need to find a manager that is aligned with your interests because, you know, no one will take care of the property as good as you would, but I understand people have other jobs, people have other focus, and they can't full-time devote their time to this. Yeah. Well, let's talk about your acclaimed book, The Effective Landlord. Who is your book primarily written for? Is it just for experienced real estate investment pros or real estate and uh, can novices also benefit, somebody just starting out? It, it is geared toward people that have already owned some property and, and, and want to take it to the next level, but it actually provides a, a wealth of information for a novice owner as well. Um, I mean, you can save years of the learning curve just you know going through um you know where to focus your energy so in the you know in the book we focus on how to create you know a rental experience which is something most people don't even think about we yeah. focus on the types of questions you ask in screening like you Ooh. you mentioned earlier that yeah. helps you know weed out the professional deadbeat tenants um <laughs> we do even talk about how to get rid of problem tenants if you have them in your property oh that's great where's the um, best place to go to uh, preview and purchase your book the effective landlord so the book can be purchased uh it should be available in most bookstores but you can certainly buy it on amazon.com or barnes and noble uh and uh you could also purchase it through my website, which is askdanlieberman.com. And And that's L-I-E-B-E-R-M-A-N is how you spell your last name, right? Exactly. Okay. Now, in conclusion, as my guest Dan Lieberman points out, investing in long-term rental property can provide an excellent return on investment in good economic times and bad, but you can lose your shirt and a whole lot more if you start flipping houses based on a free eight-hour seminar you attended or an infomercial you watched on TV, 
So if you plan to explore real estate investment, either to supplement income from your job or perhaps ultimately as a full-time venture, I urge you to first preview and purchase Dan uh, Lieberman's book, The Effective Landlord, and to sum up why I quote from one of the reviewers on Amazon, he said, reading this book led to insights I had not considered before from project management to bookkeeping to tenant relationships and other facets beside. Even if you've managed your own property for many years, this book is a great way to augment your working knowledge. And thanks a million, Dan Lieberman, for your most helpful insights. Well, again, thank you for having me on. And as I'm certain Dan would second, real estate investment can provide a most solid income stream in good times and bad, but you better know what you're doing before you plunge in. And that's our program for today. Tune in again next week for another of the many reasons why middle age can be your best age. Bye for now. You've been listening to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, hosted by Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of both A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, and Wake Up, Captain and Crew, Restart Your Engines. You can learn more about Roy and his Middle Age Renewal Training System by visiting his website, middleagerenewal.com. 